You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody. We are back for another episode of Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Before we get started, I want to let everybody know this episode is brought to you in part by Spotify Green Room. Download Spotify Green Room app today and find one of our Locked On rooms. We are back. We're back. We're going to recap a, a really ugly baseball game that was played last night between your Detroit Tigers and the Texas Rangers. That's going to be the big, uh, the big t- conversation topic today is just last night's game as a whole. We're going to look into tomorrow's game as well and then go over some uh, some possible roster decisions, I guess you'd call it. There's some debate about certain moves that should or shouldn't be made and then we're going to look into those and why they are or aren't plausible. So yeah, that's today's show. Wednesday, July 7th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me. Let's get right into it. Not a great game. Not a great game for uh, for the Cats. Was okay. So Jose Urania gets the start. This was, this game was really a roller coaster of emotion. Jose Urania gets the start. Goes out there at the end of the third. We're nil nil. Okay, fine. Or maybe we had scored a run by then. Regardless, Urania hadn't given up a run yet. Okay, pretty pretty respectable, solid. Okay performance considering it's Jose Urania. The fourth and fifth inning come around and he implodes. We're down five and we slowly work our way back, slowly work our way back. Eric Haas then comes up in top of seven. Three run ding dong ties the game. Five five in the seventh and we lose ten to five. Certainly not how we drew it up. Certainly. Let's get into it. Jose Urania, like I said, Gets the start. Uh, he's still Jose Urania. He, he's still a pitch-to-contact pitcher in 2021. And that's what happens. If you are a pitch-to-contact pitcher, you are either keeping the ball on the ground or you're getting rocked. There's really no in-between. If you're causing a lot of ground balls, then what, three out of every five starts are going to be pretty solid, maybe even four out of every five if you're really, really good at it, right? Maybe once every five starts or so, you'll get a, a game where every ground ball just seems to have eyes and, and goes, whatever, in between shortstop and third or up the middle or, or what have you. So there, there's some bad luck that you're leaving on the table having this strategy already, and then you put in the the f- consideration, the fact that he just couldn't keep anything on the ground, period. Uh, and then on top of that, again, you have a horrible defense behind you. A, a horrible defense behind you, which we have covered uh, at lengths on this program, on this show. So, all, all those stacking up on top of each other, not a great recipe for success. Jose Urania, not great. Like I said, couldn't keep the ball on the ground. And then in the fourth or fifth inning, I don't remember which of the bad innings it was, but it was either the fourth or the fifth, hard ground ball to third, Jamer 
just tries to like poke at it. That's, you know, that's one of our best defenders out there. And, and that's certainly not what you want to see out of that. And, and I think it's important to talk about the fact that Jamer Candelario, while he is one of the best defenders on the team, is still probably an an average defender at best. Jamer is not some gold glove caliber elite level defender. He's never probably going to be. It's just we're so used to, you know, some of the worst defense in the sport at like six of the positions defensively on a baseball field that we look at Jamer as kind of a safety valve when in reality... Honestly, if you were to to bring in a a non-Tigers fan, they would probably tell you he is a slightly below average defender. Now, with the way he swings the bat usually, that's that's probably a a fine trade-off. And I've said that that's a fine trade-off if he's swinging a hot stick. I'm right there with you. But it's just important to remember, this team's defense is so, so, so bad. So, so bad. That's why I'm, I'm such an advocate for Zach Short to continue playing, even though he's also not some, you know, fantastic Simba shortstop. Jose Iglesias, whatever. But he's sure as hell better than anybody else on the team, so I'll take it. So all those recipes added up, not not great. Not a great, uh, not a great outing there for the Tigs. Eric Haas, though, as mentioned earlier, put his big boy pants on, came up, and made this an exciting game late. And that's a really important thing about this team, man. No matter, they just don't seem to quit. And that's awesome. And I think that goes back onto the coaching staff. I think a lot of, pretty, I don't want to say all, because, you know, the the players are, are the ones producing, but... A very, very large chunk of responsibility for this team's success the last two months is on the coaching staff. This roster is still not very good. I hate to break it to everybody, but it's really not. This roster on paper is not a roster that is that is you would look at and say, damn, since May 1st, this team's over 500. This coaching staff that we have lucked into, thank you White Sox, and it's really more than just Hinch, it's the entire staff is phenomenal. Pitching coach, base coaches, fielding coaches, instructors. We have borderline elite to elite coaches at pretty much every single coaching slot. Hitting coach is a debate, but we're focusing on positives. It's unreal how we have just fallen into this this incredible coaching staff, and it is the arguably biggest reason that this team has found so much success. And it's so important to remember that. And it's so important to go into this offseason as a front office and not think, oh, well, remember May and June? That's actually how good we are, and we don't need to bring anybody in because we're on the way up and getting closer. No, the roster itself still needs a lot of work. And games like this are just nice, humbling reminders of that fact. 
We we talk about how easy July is. We're facing the Rangers. We're on a three-game winning streak. We, we won two against a team far superior than the Rangers. But these games are going to happen because this roster is still not very good. Just an important thing to remember. So Eric Haas, while he made the game interesting late, awesome. Love the kid to death. Love the dude to death, I should probably say. <laughs> Got a few years on me. That play in left field, brutal, right? Not not a, he showed his his uh, his his humanity. <laughs> so he's a human, not a robot. Made a tough play in left there, cost us a couple runs. Again, this roster still needs work. There's going to be games along the rest of this. There has been plenty so far, and there will be plenty left where we are reminded of that fact. But this coaching staff is so good that they have prevented us from going on to the big slide. The big, you know, racking up seven, eight, nine losses in a row. We're going to go in. We're going to be professional. We're going to make games interesting. And that's really, at this point in a rebuild, all I can ask for. Love this coaching staff to death. Has done wonders for this organization, top to bottom. Jake Rogers with a homer. Jake Rogers' OPS is creeping up to 800. It's not there yet. It's in the high 700s. It's creeping up there. If Jake Rogers can maintain a high 700 OPS, if he hits 800, and and I'm not saying he will be consistently an 800 OPS, it is way too early to say that, but if he can be in this high 700, low 800 OPS range, he is going to be our catcher for the foreseeable future. And him and Dingler are probably going to platoon it. Because... Jake Rogers brings immense value behind the plate with his arm, his defense. If he can be that good of a hitter and have his OPS around there, he is going to be a very, very valuable piece to this team going forward. So that's awesome to see. Hopefully he can stay hot. Only other thing I want to talk about in this first segment is John Hicks. I love John Hicks to death. I think he is one of the... He is like the epitome of what the 20 end of 2017 to 2020 till we hired AJ Hinch really the garden hire era I guess I could just say he is the epitome of the Ron Garden hire era a dude that just showed up probably shouldn't have been on a major league roster was far from good but got everyday playing time had a couple of really cool moments a couple of walk-offs walk-off grand slam even in extras it i have always had a huge soft spot for john hicks i love the man to death he went yabo on us last night i and and as you know obviously obviously I, 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 the Tigers are my first priority, but it, I'd be lying if I told you, uh, or if I, <laughs> that, that I didn't smile a little bit when John Hicks went yard. Cause he got a hold of that puppy too. <laughs> he got a hold of that boy. All right. We're going to g- jump into the bullpen after this break. Cause I think there's a lot to talk about there, but first I got to talk to everybody again about Spotify green room. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. 
The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting room rooms for Locked on Tigers once a week. Yes, you can finally join in the conversation. Instead of listening here every day, come on, talk to me directly. It's a blast. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes other Locked on hosts come in. We get to talk about you know the draft coming up and such. Super, super fun. We do it on Locked on Red Wings once a week too. I will be starting next week. Starting next week, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so fun. Can't wait to get started with you guys. Green Room is the perfect place to start enjoying conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you and I in Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the next Locked on Tigers episode after we record through our Green Room conversations. Be sure to join me next week. I'll, once I get a time locked down, I'll be sure to let everybody know the time too. You you will definitely be hearing about it days and days in advance. But next week, I'm hoping to get kicked off with Spotify Green Room. Can't wait. So in the meantime, go download the free Green Room app now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join whatever league, NFL, MLB, NHL group for the latest league updates. And then look out. And you'll be able to follow Locked On Tigers on there as well once I get it fired up. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning on being live next week. Again, next week. Cannot wait. Can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Tigers. And I cannot wait to see you guys there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, everybody. We are back here at Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. You can follow this Show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. You can follow me at Bentley Scotty. You can follow this show on Instagram, Locked On Tigers. Hopefully by the end of this week, I'm shooting for the end of this week to have the uh, the post game videos back up and running and uh, in in pr- more professional Locked On form. So that'll be awesome. Can't wait to get started and get on. Those will all be on Instagram as well as the Twitter. Do not worry. Um, let's get more into the bullpen. I think this bullpen deserves its own segment because outside of like two people, it's, well, three people, it's pretty much a train wreck. Uh, and, and we got all of the train wreckage this evening. We got everybody. Um, so this, Jose Urania, right? Then we get Buck Farmer, Daniel Norris, Joe Jimenez, Brian Garcia. Wow. We just threw out... Um, I will say the reason that this bullpen ranks as one of the worst bullpens in the American League and all of baseball is largely due in part to all four of the people we put out there tonight. Buck Farmer goes out first. He's got like an 8 ERA. He was actually halfway decent. So shout out Buck Farmer. Solid, man. Good for you. I love Buck Farmer to death. One one of my... One of my my favorites over the last years, he's the long... I don't know how that works. So before he got DFA'd, he was technically the longest tenured Tiger on the team sans Miguel Cabrera. Does that restart because he got DFA'd and then brought back up? Like, does, is that a new clock being started now because he technically wasn't on the roster at all for like a couple of weeks? But then I don't I don't know how that works. I don't know the, the technicalities, but... 
he's been here for a while. He's he's one of the the few, this roster has turned over a ton, and Buck Farmer has been him and Miggy have really been the only constants over the last five years. So I love him to death, but not having a very good year this year. Uh, so we threw him out there first. Then we go to Daniel Norris. We talked about Norris a little bit on yesterday's show as well. He's not having a very good year. And if you look at his numbers, I think there's a legitimate argument if he's a righty that he is not on a major league roster. Um, really struggling, really not a fantastic season at all. And did not change that. Gave up quite a few base runners there. Left the game. Uh, then Joe Jimenez comes in. And Joe Jimenez, while he has been good, what, his last three outings have been solid, has had a roller coaster of a career and has had plenty of woes and issues and and red flags that have come up over the last two years. Um, and then after that, we go to Brian Garcia, who has been nothing short of terrible, to be honest. And he gives up, <laughs> the floodgates just opened up and, and that was pretty much the game. The interesting thing to keep an eye on at this point is going to be when our pitching staff starts getting healthy again, who is going to make the cut and continue to be here in August and who is getting sent down and who is getting just straight up DFA'd because I think some combination of all three of those is going to happen to a lot of people in this bullpen, plus Jose Urania, over the next three weeks. Matt Boyd's going to come back hopefully by the end of the month. Turnbull is supposed to be back after the All-Star break. Derek Holland even is technically on rehab. Alex Lang is someone that is dealing with injury and, and could be an option at a, at a minimum to come up. Uh, there's a lot of pitching injuries. Michael Fulmer, the the list really goes on. We have a lot of pitching injuries and that's why to all the people that are, that are talking about, oh, you know, Jose Urania, why is he on this team? He he needs to get off the team. He's horrible. Yes. And I'm, I'm not going to come on here and, and say Jose Urania has been good enough to earn this spot in the rotation because he certainly hasn't. However, the pitching on the, not even the MLB roster on the entire 40 man is unbelievably thin. We really don't have very many options at the moment. It's, it's really everybody in the majors plus like Jason Foley. That that's pretty much it. I, I mean, the 40 man is super, super thin with pitching right now. So you're not gonna see, and that's why we're being cautious with Mize as well. You're not gonna see too many moves until people get healthy again. And and again, that that's why Mize is being on shorter outings because not only do we do we very much not want him to to get hurt just for his development, but this team can't afford another starting pitcher to get hurt right now. Willie Peralta has been a knight in shining armor coming in and and saving us from having pretty much no bullpen because we would use like eight pitchers a night on, on, I guess, non-scoobal days. (laughs) It's just, it's, 
It's just not going to happen. You're not going to see too many moves till these guys get start getting healthy again. That being said, once they start getting healthy again, a lot of question marks. Daniel Norris, huge question mark. Not sure what his future looked like. Joe Jimenez is probably safe. I don't know. Like, he could go out in his next two outings, he could give up three runs. And then he's right back in the same boat he was before his mini hot streak of like three impressive outings. Brian Garcia is absolutely on the hottest of hot seats. Really, the only people that aren't in the entire staff are Mize, Scooble, Cisnero, Soto, Funkhauser. I think that's like pretty much it. Willie Peralta's probably earned at least a bullpen spot when people start getting healthy again, but... I mean, because he's not a long-term piece, he, I'm sure the organization views him as reasonably expendable. I, there's, It's just so paper thin. The, the injury bug, this team was already not very talented, and, and then the injury bug has gone around in a very vicious way to this 40-man roster. So that is why you're, you're not going to see too many pitch roster moves on the pitching side until some of these dudes get healthy. And, uh, and and why Jose Reign is not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, that being said, it's going to be something to definitely keep an eye on once these dudes do get healthy. A lot of people in that bullpen are should be pretty nervous, and uh, their futures are not 100% guaranteed. Not even close, 100% is <laughs> not even remotely close to 100% guaranteed for a, probably 80% of this bullpen. So something to keep an eye out for. All right, in segment three, we're going to go over some more roster stuff and then take a look at tomorrow's game, and then we're going to end on an old friend of mine and the ridiculous night on Twitter that uh, that I had last night because of an old friend of mine. But first, I got to talk to everybody about Built Bar. That is right. Everybody knows my love for Built Bar. Everybody knows my love for the peanut butter brownie. Built Bar comes in nine delicious flavors. One of those being that delicious peanut butter brownie. They have mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, coconut almond, coconut, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. If you haven't tried any of the flavors, you can get that mixed box that I'm always, always, always raving about. You get two of each of the nine flavors. And sometimes they mix in some limited time flavors. So it's fun to follow them on like social media and check out their website and stuff because all the time they just randomly will have some limited time flavor you've never heard of. Uh, and then you can go order right away. And that's honestly half the fun of Built Bar. But the thing is, not only are they the best tasting, but they're so healthy for you as well. As I talk about all the time, they have become such a big part of my, my day and my lunch specifically, just a snack to get me through the day, the working day. They are fantastic. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today. Get that raspberry. Get that salted caramel. Get that double chocolate. Get that mixed box. Get whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, and lastly here, everybody, I got to talk to you guys about our friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. 
Get the latest news, odds, info, sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and even your UFC and MMA action. Poirier McGregor's right around the corner. You want to be on betonline.ag for next weekend. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline, your laptop, mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the, get in the game. As we have all these finals going on too, we got the cup going on. We got Suns Bucks, Suns going up 1-0 last night. Fantastic time with all all of those sports going on at once to get in the action at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, we are back here for our final segment of today's show at Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Scott Bentley. Hope everyone recovered well from their uh, from their 4th, 5th, and 6th of July. We are back here as always. Let's take a look at tomorrow's game. I, I didn't want to say it because this is going to sound ridiculous to some people, but other people are going to be like, yeah, man, I totally feel you. I didn't want to put the omen out there. I didn't want to jinx it. But it was so important to win last night's game for this series. It was so important. And I wanted to tweet it so bad. I wanted to say, wanted to say this game is so important because if we lose, then the rubber match is against Kyle Gibson. And I couldn't bring myself to do it because I thought I would have jinxed it. And we ended up losing by five anyways. So, uh, but you know, I, I stand by it because... If I would have tweeted that, and then we lost the way we did, tie game in the seventh, losing by five, I would have been very hard on myself. <laughs> Publicly. Very, very hard on myself. So, I'm, I'm still glad I did it. Didn't do it. I'm still, I still stand by the decision. But, but definitely a really important game to win, to win this series. Because, like I, like I said, this rubber match... This game three against the Rangers is against Kyle Gibson. So, why am I terrified of Kyle Gibson? Well, if you're not aware, and I don't blame you for being not aware, because the Texas Rangers are a train wreck, and I can't imagine too many people who are just Tigers fans and not overall baseball fans, uh, really fans of any team that aren't the Texas Rangers. If you're not living in Texas, I I wouldn't expect you to really keep tabs on this team. Sands, Joey Gallo, maybe. Kyle Gibson has been unfreaking real this year. Like, not not like, oh, you know, he's a borderline all-star, kind of reviving his career. You know, we we all remember him from his days in Minnesota, and, and he used to pitch decently well against us. No, he is... Leading the American League in ERA, I believe, at the time of this recording, and leading the American League in ERA+, plus, which is really, again, just a fancy way of saying he's leading the league in ERA. He's been unbelievable. The strikeout numbers don't jump off the page. I think he's hovering around 8K per 9, uh, but he's 6-0, and 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 I hate pitching wins and losses. I think it's absolutely a, a ridiculous stat to argue if if when you're comparing two starters against each other and if you use pitching wins you're that's absurd but can, they haven't lost a game <laughs> that he's gotten a decision in yet that's eye opening that's something 
especially with how bad the Rangers are. This is a a cellar-dweller team that has a pitcher on it one start away from the All-Star break who has not lost a decision. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. He has been unbelievable. Sub-2 ERA, like I said, leading all starters in the American League, if I'm if I if I'm correct there. He's been phenomenal. So I think it was really important to win this game, to win the series, and now I am terrified. I'm hoping. I I really don't see how this lineup lights him up. A home start in, in July in tech I really don't see that being an outcome. What we have to go for is this coaching staff is phenomenal okay they're going to preach patience and we're going to hope that we can work up the pitch count get him out of the game early and get into that bullpen because the bullpen is not very good outside of one two people i guess not a very good bullpen so if we can knock him out in the fifth even the sixth inning and if we can If we can be within two or three runs going into the sixth and him being either out of the game or in his last inning of work, I will probably consider it a success. Now watch. We'll go out and we'll obliterate him or something just to make me look ridiculous. But that that is why I I was going into this game. I, I really was vocal, not on the internet, about how how important it was to win the game because I I he has been so good man he's been so good it's gonna be a really interesting start we have Casey Mize going for us so that's a, a fun makes tomorrow a little more fun than than any other day uh, the thing to keep in mind is that those short outings are gonna remain uh, it's it's that's gonna going to be a month of July thing I I believe my my prediction would be that those short Mize outings are, are going to remain for likely the entire month of July. And people are going to get mad and they're going to moan. And that's fine. But in September, when he's going into the eighth inning, then you'll you'll take it. Because we're not going to be playing for too much at the end of September. And it's going to be fun to do that. And it's not like we're completely shutting him down. He's still going to go three or four innings, depending on the pitch count. It's going to be fine. So, that's our pitching outlook for tomorrow. The okay, we'll we'll end on we'll end on my 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 boy here. The only other thing I want to talk about for this show. Um tonight a, a friend of mine absolutely lit the Detroit Tigers off. Um David Dahl went 3 for 4, I believe. With a couple RBIs, a couple of nice knocks. He has not been having a very good season. Um, but he had a hit in two nights ago's game. And then lit us up today. Lit Jose Urania and the bullpen. Everybody up today. Uh, last night, I guess. By the time you're listening to this. It truly amazes me. For those of you who don't know. The, the doll to Detroit thing originated in... Um, originated from from myself and was then 
trending via a Tigers group chat and a lot of friends I have in there um, really pushed it. And, and yeah, so the, the doll to Detroit thing originated from, uh, from my friends and I. And so a lot of people, a lot of people, um, when David, every time doll gets a hit, I, my phone blows up and it's, I'm not going to call it annoying, but it's, it's really unbelievable to me that so many people, I mean, I got blamed, like legitimately blamed and called names on after his third hit. His third hit, I'm pretty sure that was the, the two RBI knock or one, whatever. He drove in a run and I had people DMing me and some people just straight up adding me right there on the timeline telling me that it was all my fault and that I'm an idiot and all sorts of other things that I that I won't repeat on Lockdown's watch. It truly fascinated me how many people, and, and I'm sure some of it was just kidding around and whatever, and I, I don't really care, whatever, man. Like, <laughs> I... We, we had fun during it and, and whatever. Truly unbelievable. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, that I will get the opportunity. There's a possibility out there that I will have, uh, that I will have the opportunity to, to meet him when the Rangers come to Comerica toward the end of July. Um, that'll be, that would be a super cool thing just because, uh, he knows that that I started it, and him and I had a conversation via um, DMs, and and it seems like a super cool guy and a super crazy thing. But it just really fascinates me that now we're at a point where anytime he does anything against the Tigers, I'm gonna get added and DM'd for the remainder of the night, um, all because of a hashtag that was like eight months ago. Pretty, pretty wild, pretty wild to me. And some people were way too aggressive about it. And uh, it, I don't know, just fascinated me. So just wanted to touch on uh, on David. If you knew about Dahl to Detroit before you listened today, you knew that it was going to come up because of his, his big game last night. So shout out to him. Shout out to John Hicks. Couple of, couple of Detroit legends in their own rights. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Tigers. We'll wrap up this series. Then Minnesota series starts. Got still a very, very, very winnable month of July here. Super excited. You should be excited too. Absolutely. We love winning. And then we got the All-Star break and then the draft. We got a really loaded month. Really loaded month. Tomorrow, we will have... um, What's it called? Throwback Thursday. Then Friday's show, we will have Prospect Roundup. Then we'll get into some more draft profiles next week as the draft gets closer. It's going to be an awesome next couple of weeks here at Locked on Tigers. Thank you guys so much for listening. It means the world to me. Before I send you off on your, your merry ways or your day, if you're listening to me in the morning on the way to work, just remember that this show is part brought to you in part by Locked on Today. Today on the Locked on Today podcast, what's the key for the Phoenix Suns? in the NBA Finals. Big game one. Big game one win last night. What are they going to do to keep the momentum going? Get more of the sports news you need in less time. 
with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope, and I will catch you all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.